Hi friend, welcome to today's episode on the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with my friend Tamara. You're going to love it. She is a best-selling author, a top podcaster, an international speaker, a marketplace minister, and she's the founder of FIT, Fit in Faith Media and Press Publishing, and she's just an incredible human. She really helps faith-filled leaders become messengers with movements so that they can then broadcast their truth for the kingdom of God, which you guys know I'm really here for as well, being that I teach podcasting and helping you guys really unlock your voices and grow your businesses using podcasting. So this is such an alignment with what I teach. And Tamara is somebody who is of my own heart. The reason I ended up saying yes to this interview with Tamara is because I was on her website and she was on a Peloton bike preaching to her audience on the website. And I was like, oh my gosh, is she my soul sister for life? Like you guys know, I'm huge into working from my Peloton. And so it was like kindred spirits. Plus, I always love to put on my preacher pants and Tamara was definitely anointed. So she's here on the show today. You are just going to be blessed by her. We really talk about becoming a millionaire messenger and having that biblical money mindset that so many of us want to embody as kingdom entrepreneurs. So you're going to take lots of notes today. Don't forget to implement at the end of today's episode. I pray that this blesses you and that you enjoy. Ready to grow your online business and make more money? Are you tired of the social media grind and being glued to your phone 24-7? Do you wish you had more time to be present with your family without worrying about your business? There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can create consistent income, grow your audience, and maintain balance in your life and business. Hey, I'm Stephanie Gass, Christian business and podcast coach, boundary boss, and seven-figure CEO. In this podcast, I'll teach you how to grow your business, start a successful podcast, create an audience, save time, make consistent income, build a course, stay focused on simple systems, eliminate frustration, and grow spiritually. I'm here to help you go big in your business so you can go big for the kingdom of God. It's time to grow with God at the center of it all. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. Where are you in your business? Are you trying to get clear on what you're called to do so you can start, so you can actually have the steps of what to do first and then what to do next and then what is step three and four and five, but you're feeling confused, frustrated, stuck, or overwhelmed, come and watch my free workshop, which is at freeclarityworkshop.com to help you get so crystal clear on what you're going to create. What are you going to build? What is this calling over your life? freeclarityworkshop.com, 30 minutes of your time. I know it's going to bless you. Or do you have clarity, but you're struggling to grow or you're struggling to start? How do I grow an audience? How do I get leads? How can I produce something that will bring in consistent income so that I can have time to spend with my family and to help others in a meaningful way? Head to uh, podcastforgrowth.com, podcastforgrowth.com, pop quiz on all my links, right guys? Um, And check that out. It's a 40-minute free class on how to use podcasting to grow an online business. So both of those are free and I know that they're going to help you. All right, here's Tamara. Let's go. Well, hello, Tamara. Welcome to the podcast, friend. 
so pumped to be here and I've been such an avid listener for many years and so it's exciting to be on the other side of the microphone um, with you today. Thanks for making space. Well, girl, I fell in love with you the second that I saw you preaching from a Peloton <laughs> on, it was your website or somewhere. And I'm like, Tamara's my people. Cause you know, I work for my Peloton. Yes. I love it. People call me a preacher all the time. They're like, when are you going to quit and just become a preacher? And I'm like, I don't know if I receive it. I don't know. So when I saw you doing that, I'm like, she's my girl. Just, just do that. it. You're already doing it. Just do it again. Start your podcast. Right? Next time we have, next time we record, we're going to do it on our Pelotons. That's a great idea. So tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Tamara Andress, as she said, and I am a marketplace minister. So I am doing exactly what Stephanie does. She just probably doesn't use this title. And for those that are listening, you're like, what does that mean? Well, I am ordained and I'm also a business coach. And so my passions is to really develop marketplace ministers from a lens of messengers. And so this is the language that we call our community. It has really been a God deposit that's developed over the last six years in this particular mm -hmm. business. And what that means to be a messenger is ultimately you're willing to speak. You're willing to speak up and speak out. You're willing to publish on behalf of the good news and, and really having God at your back and the way in which you do that could look a bunch of different ways. Um, but specifically the zone of genius that I like to catalyze people in is that speaking, teaching, business development and publishing. So sharing the good news in the way in which God has curated you to do so. It's so fun. Yeah. So good. And I didn't even know this about you, but as I was prepping for our talk today, I saw that you actually have a, like a hybrid publishing company. I do. Yeah. So it's actually full cool. distribution. So when we first oh, okay. launched, it was hybrid, but now we are in all the bookstores across uh, the world um, that we can get access into. And so we are partnered with a distribution partner that's been in the industry for 23 years. So while we are a brand new publishing house, we have access to people who are OGs in the industry. And so it's been a really fun thing. The variable to us versus a hybrid or versus just going the Amazon route, which Amazon is actually a cuss word in the traditional publishing lens for those who didn't know this. It's like even me saying it, I'm like, Bleh! like, I feel like I need to catch it and get, and get it back. Totally. And it. Yeah. But no, yep. no shame in Amazon publishing. I did that first before I became a seven time author. Yes. Um, but it's this knowing that you have access to so many more. Amazon only actually makes up about 40% of book sales. And so our variability is the average author who only sells 2000 books in the life cycle of a book that's ever, right? So you think that people are, they're published and therefore they have a ton of um, book sales. That's not necessarily the case. So we are promised at 10,000 to 15,000 based on our access of distribution. That's legit. I yeah. talk to you. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun little uh, category of passion that has really to actually taken the most priority in our business in the last year. That's so fun. I love that so much. So you have your hand in a lot of things as an entrepreneur. And I think so many of us have the same, right? We feel like we have these different callings on our lives, all these different purposes in our lives. We have what the world says we should do and the things that we are so well versed in. And then we have like these kingdom nudges from God. How do you, I, I guess I want to start with this question of like, how do you even know what to focus on? And then how do you align your faith with those decisions of stepping forward into something new? Yeah, that's such a powerful question. And I hope those are listening, like this is something you're always chewing on because I can a hundred percent get totally off base. Right. And so knowing that a 
0.1% misalignment will eventually lead me into this huge chasm. And I've been there. So I have been an entrepreneur specifically in fit and faith media for the last six years, but I was an entrepreneur for a decade prior to that. And I was not walking with the Lord intimately like I am now. I was a Christian, but I was like a creaster, right? I like went on Christmas and Easter and that was it. And so I... (laughs) Right. Uh, and I, I just never ask God, what should I be doing with my life? I never ask God, is this for me? Is this not? I didn't know the words calling or purpose or all these things that are stamped and sealed over who we are or even the word identity. I didn't know any of this. And so everything I was doing was based on accolades, based on uh, the world's version of success, uh, based on uh, American dream. Right. And so I actually had what I like to refer to as a quarter life crisis because hopefully I won't have to have a midlife one because yes, I already yes. did it one and uh-huh. done. And uh, in that re- that revelation time frame, I came to know God and had a supernatural encounter in my living room and he wrecked it all. And it makes me think of the young rich ruler. And instead of me having a choice in the matter, it was a forced quit because I either was going to keep my marriage and my mothering journey intact or I was going to be a really rich ruler. And I didn't want that. I knew that wasn't my end goal. And so when I process now with the Lord, he literally is my CEO. And you hear people say that, but like I start my day with the Lord. I finish my day with the Lord. I want to be in alignment. And I don't say that out of like religiosity. Mm -hmm. I say that out of um, experience that I know how bad it hurts when you're outside of the will of God. And so even though marginal choices on, you know, should I start this passion project or should I do whatever? Everybody else is doing and follow the shiny light of uh, build an e-course or I should publish or I should start a podcast or what is everybody else doing? That's not always God's will for me. And I can often find out just based on my own internal alignment meter, um, that barometer of is fruit coming out of it? Do I feel peace connected to this decision? Do I feel joy when I'm operating in this way? Um, is it a standalone? Am I standing out? Am I using my gifts and talents? And ultimately, is it glorifying God? And you know, as, as being a part of and supporting so many messengers in the marketplace, a lot of them come to me specifically because of the freedom that I operate in. It's one of the reasons I love listening to you, Stephanie, is because you're willing to put your faith first. It's your foundation. And it's the first thing that comes off of your mouth rather than it being this tertiary or last thing, or not even mentioned at all because the world needs you to conform to be like everyone else. And so that's an area that I really get to help people lean into is like, well, what does God say? And why aren't you speaking that as the primary message? So good. So to reiterate, I I think you said some really key things here. What is the fruit coming from it? Does it give you peace, joy? Are you utilizing your gifts and talents? And ultimately, is it glorifying God? I think those are some really good tactical things you guys can look through those lenses when you're thinking about, is this something I should step into? So how is your faith? been part of this journey. I heard you say, similarly to my story, I know we talked, we had so much in common when I was on your podcast, but like having this wrecking moment Mm -hmm. in a way, like, can you share a little bit more about that defining moment and then how that impacted what you're doing now from a business perspective? How are they integrated? 
Yeah. So I know not everyone gets to have this story and I, I wish that you could have this forced time out in your life when it comes to chasing after a dream or having to check in at a job and having that nine to five. I had the luxury in this force quit to not have to necessarily do anything besides what is, I think the hardest job I've ever done, which is being a stay at home mom and becoming a wife. Yeah. Now I was married at that point for four years. We had been together for seven and I did not know what it meant to communicate with my husband. I did not know what love meant. I told you I didn't have a relationship with God. I was only mothering out of how I was mothered. I had not created my own individualized way and surely not synchronized to my spouse at that point. It was like, I never left and cleft, leave and cleave as the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. My mom was the end all be all answer to every problem. Mm. And I took a three year gap in titles, labels, um, a job responsibilities, other than nurturing my home and mm. nurturing my heart for the first time in my life, learning to communicate with myself, learning what emotional intelligence actually means and redefining my life. And what did I want it to look like? And actually learning how to vocalize that to my spouse, who I had really come up underneath and felt unvoiced by. I've not intentionally just guys have that domineering way. And I thought everything that he was doing was like heavenly and like, oh, he he's in charge. But no, we also are in this together. That's what an azer is. That's what the woman was created to be a helpmate. And so mm -hmm. both of our voices matter. And it was about three years in where I was sitting at coffee with a girlfriend and uh, she was like, you should do this. And I'm like, I should do what? And she's yeah. like, you should like business coach. And I'm like, what? what is that? And at yeah. this point, even have been an entrepreneur for 10 years, I never had a coach. I wish I had a coach at my businesses would have been much more successful. Yeah. Um, and I, so I just sat there and I'm like, well, what is that? And so I started going this journey and this exploration of what could that be? And realizing that I naturally am just an encourager and an equipper and a motivator and also a teacher. And so I brought together 30 women locally. So I was the 31 women and we oh, came wow. into my husband's office space at the time. He's also an entrepreneur. I sent them this like very encrypted message right before the new year and basically was just calling out the gold inside of them and said, Hey, come to this office space that's in this middle of this commercial park. It's super dark. There's no light, but like, it'll be fine. And trust me. And they did. And they came and I opened to Proverbs 31, which I had never done in any context of my business ever before. There was no Bible in my workspace. He was not my CEO. Any of the things that I shared previously, that was, it was literally void. Remember Creaster. And so I, I shared Proverbs 31 and I asked them to raise their hand if they felt like they were a Proverbs 31 woman. Majority of the women didn't raise their hand because of, you know, ego, pride. What if I do say yes? And then I asked them, how many of you would consider yourself an entrepreneur? Couple more raised their hand. And then I said, how many of you would like to be a Proverbs 31 woman? And they all raised their hand. Mm -hmm. And so in that space, I, I gave out a, an open invitation. Remember, I was not on podcast at this point. I had vision of it. I was not an author. I had zero idea I was going to ever be an author. I didn't know what a business coach was. I had zero idea about this whole industry. And mm -hmm. I just extended an invitation, said, Hey, I'm going to go on this journey to become. And in this process, I'd love for you to 
come alongside in anything that I've learned previously, I'll teach you. Anything I'm currently working on, I'll teach you. And let's do this together. And by the end of, let's see, that was 2018. By the end of 2020, um, we still had about 15 of those original 30. Now we have five of those original 30 who are successful entrepreneurs, have quit their full-time job, are making revenue. And just to see like the journey of my yes, which unlocked the access points for all of these other people. And those others who aren't entrepreneurs, they still have passion projects that bring them such joy. They're 100% operating as Proverbs 31 women. Um, they're just doing it in their own way. And entrepreneurship surely isn't for everyone. <laughs> I love that story so much. And I think it really highlights this pivotal moment in all of our lives, whether you are introverted, extroverted, like you may hear Tamara and be like, well, yeah, it's easy for her because you can just tell that like you have that thing, you have that sparkle, but giving your yes is always terrifying. Yeah, It's always terrifying. But once you give one yes and you experience the favor and like you said, the ripple effect from the yes, yeah. you want to give a thousand more. And so I don't know if you have one tip on getting over your fear of giving the yes, because I do want to talk about some of the other things you're into, because yeah. I know that it will, it will bless our audience so much. What do you have on getting over that fear to get to that? Yes. Well, we know, know that faith and fear coexist at the same time. And so having that revelation, you just get to prioritize which one is more important to you. And so I can tell what is more important, what somebody is falsely idolizing, whether it's fear or they're faith-driven. And mm -hmm. so you hear faith-driven entrepreneur, or you hear faith-filled, um, and that doesn't mean that we don't also operate in fear, but when someone puts fear first, it's it's killing what faith is inside of you. Mm -hmm. And so I say, just do it. I'm like a Nike proponent all day long. <laughs> just do it and realize that you're not failing. And what you're afraid of is likely just a story that you made up that has no truth to it whatsoever. If that thing happens and you're listening Listening to this and you're like, Tamara, I did the thing because you said to put the face first and fear is this, reach out to me. And if that story is actually true, I don't know. I'll give you free business advice. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I'll pray for you. But ultimately, most of the things are fictitious and they don't actually ever happen. And sure. so uh, create a faith ripple and see what happens. So let's talk a little bit about this poverty mentality. Um, you have this concept that I want to hear more about what is your lens on this poverty mentality connected to the Great Commission? So poverty is not a place that anybody hopes or dreams to be right? Mm -hmm. It's it, everyone wants to be rich and famous. Or if you don't want to be rich and famous, you're like, I've never wanted to do that. There was this song when I was 16, it was called the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. It was like a Canadian band. And then there's also the other song that I really used to like, which is like, I want to be a yeah, billionaire. So effing bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. And I, yes. those like anthems that me and my family would sing. There was this other one that's like a country song and it's like, dear mom and dad, please send money. I'm mm -hmm. so broke that it ain't funny. Ain't funny. Right. <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, she becomes, I'm so rich. I'll send money. These yes. were anthems in my life, you guys. And yeah. so money was an idol. And we know based on scripture that it says that it is the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money 
money itself. And so it is a heart posture towards our finances. And ultimately it's the knowledge of stewardship and the activation of stewardship that will bring anybody out of poverty. But this poverty mentality isn't necessarily a bank account number um, because we already, if you're listening to this and you're in America, which I know our podcasts get to go to all the nations, but Americans at large are already the wealthiest in the world if you make 30K or above per year. That is the top 1% of the world making 30K per year. And most of us who are American would be like, oh, that's nothing. You're barely going to put two pennies together with that 30, especially after our government takes it. No, no political banter here, but true. And so I really help to encourage people like if we can shift our mind towards the fact that we're already in the top 1%, how does that then make us steward those finances and bring us into more wealth? Because we are willing to be patient. We're willing to put to really risk. That's something that a lot of people don't like to think about when they're thinking of riches. They, they want to hoard it. But mm. that is so biblical. There are so many principles on if you don't plant your money, like the, the three uh, talents, stories of the three guys who had the talents, and you actually go and put your money to work for you, the multiplication on the other side of it will change your mentality on how money works. Money is a kingdom principle. Gold was planted in the garden. This is not something that the world created. Wealth was established in Eden. And so for us to have these knowledge points, we are already breaking the mental stigma of poverty and honestly, the church has has done this and they have instantly continued and continued this like Jesus was poor, so I am poor. And so yeah. I'll be a poor pauper. I can promise you Jesus was an entrepreneur before he was ever, quote unquote, you, what you perceive as poor. And he was never poor. He was brought gold and frankincense and myrrh at birth. OK, and yeah. he had people at his right hand who were wildly wealthy, one of which was a woman. So, Deborah, let's go. We are yeah. on the rises. Debra's and God is literally calling out his women to stand up, speak up and start stewarding well. So if you're on this and you're listening, I'm not trying to step on toes, but I know the Lord likes to convict in his sweet, compassionate nature. If you're like posting all the time about your Amazon boxes every week, are you stewarding it right? Are you stewarding it well? Are you just in the cycle of consumerism? Because materialism and consumerism will put you outside of favor. And so that's where if we're willing to give it all, God is willing to multiply it all. That's a word. So what would you say are some tips if you find yourself in this love of money or idolizing money, you want to have the posture that you just spoke so eloquently about riches with like taking risks so that you can really move into that space, being okay with stepping into wealth. I think that's the mindset block. Like to hear you is like, yes, like that feels like somewhere I want to go, but I find myself over here. What would be some steps you might recommend? You know, I think education is a huge part here. I don't think that we we get the support when we're young. Um, you might have done like the home ec classes that helped you balance a checkbook. Yeah. That didn't help you learn how to make the money. And that is not really stewardship. That's math. And so we need to learn how to actually curate money and understand that it is not bad. Again, if we put that context to money being bad, we're constantly going to be rejecting it. 
there is this book um, on my bookshelf. It, it's called Abundant Money. It's so good. I'll give it to you for the show notes later. But inside of the book, I love the way it's written. Every paragraph, um, in between every single parent, a paragraph, it says, I love money. Money is good. I love money. Money is good. Money makes me happy. Now, that can be twisted because this is not a biblical book. Um, but to, to know that if it is not something we're afraid of, we have this fear of failure, but we also have this fear of success. What happens if I do break poverty off of my family? What happens if I do become a millionaire? Mm -hmm. Will people stop trusting me? Will people think that I am um, too good for them? We have to start breaking off these mindsets connected to money. And the first thing is educate yourself. You need to know your numbers. You need to know what's coming in. You need to know what's going out. And what's going out is a huge portion of what's coming in. And so you have to learn tax strategy. I know it sounds terrible, but like there are so many educators on it. You're listening to this podcast on how to start a podcast and vocalize your message to the world. Do that thing. It's amazing and so critical. And also what happens on the other side of that? And so I just really believe in the education behind it. You can follow people like Dave Ramsey, which he's very safe in how you have, you know, no debt and all of that. But I mentioned risk and me and my husband have been risk takers since we met and we don't have that same mentality. We're willing to invest in real estate, even if the market might drop. We're willing to have diversification in our funds connected to stocks and funds and um, insurance, you know, all of these things. So I didn't always have this knowledge. And it wasn't until I really leaned into the word and what God says about money, which he speaks about money way more than he speaks about love. Y'all, that's what? That's crazy. Wow. He speaks about money. And so we have to understand that he knows about it. He knows that it's going to be conniving. He knows that people are going to create that false idol out of it. And Mm -hmm. so it's just constantly coming back into that posture with the Lord. Search my heart, oh God. Take from me whatever it is that you need from me. My hands are wide open. And when I went from, I have to have this money, I signed a nine-figure contract, I was so money hungry to actually having my hands wide open and realizing that it is all his. All the resources under heaven and in heaven are his. It changed the game for me. And he started to entrust me with more money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want that money, that billionaire, that millionaire mentality. But if he can't trust you, you have to learn to trust yourself in that. And then he will trust you. And I think as with anything that God's created, because he's made everything, it can be used both for his kingdom good and also the enemy can create those lies and those perceptions in your mind around money. So when I look around at some of, you know, you look at the most successful people, you know, and you can see the ones that are clearly maybe not biblically based and they're right. using money in the wrong ways. You can see that the way that they're having to earn money, you can see yeah. and sense the anxiety. You can feel that that fruit may not be such, you know, such a beautiful it, like in contrast to when you look at some people who you follow, who you know are biblically based and they're making really great money, even wealthy they're doing with that money. Look at the way that their life is. Like yeah. when I, when I look at my life now, it's like, I make way more money than I made when I was working four times as hard. Yeah. Yeah. I give way more money than we were ever able to give. And it feels like you said earlier, peaceful, joyful, yeah. glorifying to God. So just discerning so through what is your heart posture on money? And like Tamara said, education on it, prayer. And two with the education thing, because I feel like it was really overwhelming for me to go like, oh no, I need to go get educated on all of these money things. Yeah. 
I, guys, I would just take a step and learn that one component, do implement, take a step, Completely. Do, you know, and like the cool thing is God goes before you. And yeah. so I would just take a step. And then like my tax accounts are like, it's time to be an S corp. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is, but that yes. sounds great. Right. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I'm like yep. letting him go yeah. before you. It's not a stress thing. Right. Like, right. Allow and, it. To and be once easy. your eyes are open to that and your heart is open to the willingness, he will treat, he will teach you in the process. So he, like, remember right. if he's your CEO, he is also your teacher in this mm-hmm. regard. And you will open the word and you will have all of these fresh revelations connected to finances because of how much he speaks to it and how many parables are connected to it. And, and it will change your heart. Even just this morning, I was in Proverbs um, 28 and it says the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Mm. And so you think about the fad trends, you think about the get rich quick schemes, like nothing that I've earned that is worth earning has come fast. I can assure you that because it doesn't last into eternity if it's something I receive. And this is what happens to people who win the lottery. This is what happens to people who are famous in that regard, maybe um, sports teams and things like that. Or even people, I I always, for some reason, think of Robin Williams specifically. I'm like, he's the happiest man on earth, right? Uh, I know. And he took his life, you guys. So really, 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 it's this knowing that it's not the money that makes us happy. It's the abundance and the willingness to create joy in the earth with it because of our capacity to give and release and to steward it. And so it's not a hoarding game. It's actually the more you give away, the more it comes back to you because it's a trust game. And just try it. I remember the time we ever, I was like, I think, you know, I told my husband, I think we're being, we're being called to like actually do the tie thing, like the true 10%. And he's like, okay, I was kind of feeling that way too. And I remember we sat down and this was back when like, we didn't have the money, right? Right. right. This this feels really giving it away. Yeah. We sat down and like calculated what it was. And I remember just being like, so terrified, like, is this really going to make sense and not trusting God and making that first payment of many, many years to come of trusting that that was Mm going to return. And now being like, God, what else you need? Cause like, I now see every time it's like, you know, my husband will be like, oh, there's this thing that these people went through. Can we give money? I'm like, yep. Because I know 100% that anytime we give it's God's and he would rather take the money that we've created through the giving, through the serving, like Tamara's been saying, but to bless someone else with it. That's the whole point. Like why do we have money at all? It's and I don't want to like create a facade connected to that either. Or you're listening to me and you're like, oh, that's because they have a lot of money that she's able to give a lot of money. I worry about money. Okay. I struggle in this area because I have it for profit. I've got a nonprofit. My husband's an entrepreneur. We don't have like steady income. We don't have checks coming in every, uh, you know, every two weeks. He has a a $10,000 payroll every Friday that's due for his team. And so I think about elements like that and I, want people to hear the heartbeat behind it. It's the knowledge that it doesn't control me and that he is our ultimate provider. And there are surely times where I'm like, there's no way that this is going to work. I've had times in the last several years where I haven't, I had no idea how I was going to pay my team. 
and and I didn't want to implant fear into them. And yet at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to pay you guys. I don't know what's going on. And we talked about social media on my show. I had taken a social media fast thinking, God, I just need to fast. I don't know how this is going to work, but I just feel like I'm not supposed to be here in this moment. And I had the biggest week that I've ever had because I was willing to seek after God and his riches and not the the way in which I was going to create a cell here in the flesh. So it is very much a spiritual thing. Money is very spiritual. And that's why that poverty mentality can keep you stagnant. That's all so powerful. So let's talk a little bit about, let's shift gears for a minute and talk about podcasting because you know, that's something obviously I'm super excited about sharing with the world. It's what I do is help people use their voice in in podcasting specifically, because I believe it is a way that we can reach people more organically without the strive and the hustle, a longer shelf life. How has podcasting helped you grow your business? And I would just love to hear kind of how that has worked for you and if you would recommend it. Yes. It the is other really, methods of growth. Yeah. That you want to Foundationally talk about. has shifted my lens on quality time shifted my lens on what does it look like to spend time in the word with God. Even when I'm in interviews like this, like the, the word is present. He is so present right now. And also the, the power of storytelling and what that can do in the healing of people who are listening. Um, I've been podcasting now for five years. I have three podcasts. And we drop four episodes a week with between those three podcasts. And the reason I love it so much is because it is the most, I think, beneficial spent time and quality time that I get every single week with the people that I love and with the community that I serve. And I am most attuned to myself and my voice when I've spent this dedicated time serving out the good news. And so while some of my podcasts are very um, business oriented and business driven or I'm having an interview with somebody who is telling stories about things that are very business driven. At the same time, I know that I get to go back to the Lord, learn and chew on what it is that they've given me, have a willing spirit to be convicted and then apply that into the world. And so you're getting to people around the world instantaneously and you have no idea who some of those people are. Like there's analytics and there's metrics and you can see like, wow, I'm the number one in Bahamas. And, oh, I get to go one day to Peru and maybe people will know me when I land, right? Like who knows? But at the exact same time, you will eventually see the ripple effect. I'll, I'll share a monetization moment because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to spend all that time. She spends so much time. Is it worth it? Um, we monetized our podcast without ads for a very long time. We did internal ads and one of my shows has now been picked up by a, another um, organization, but the other ones are not. And we did internal promotions on our podcast, which I highly recommend. You don't need to be picked up by a network, own your show. It's really important. Um, and at 18 months into my show, I got a, a book, a call. Um, you're building your list. Remember you're having listeners and your list building. And I um, don't know who this person is. I can't find them on social media anywhere, which is usually what I'll do. I'd be like, who is this person? What do they do? I want to know all the details. I want to stalk them before I get to actually meet them. Couldn't find anything. So I jump on this Zoom call blind and this woman just starts crying. And she's like, you've brought me through the darkest season of my life the last 18 months. Just seeing you and hearing your voice, though I've been hearing your voice, is it's like 
the sweetest thing. I, I can't believe I'm on a call with you right now. I didn't think this was ever going to be possible. I have zero idea. This is what the woman is saying. I have zero idea how I can ever work with you, but I, I don't know what it is. I'll do it. And I said, well, ironically, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Mexico on a women's retreat. I'd love to have you join. We could get some really quality time together. And I want to hear your story. And hopefully it would be another layer to that healing. Y'all, she booked a, a flight across country to come to Mexico with a, what I consider a stranger. But to me, I was her best friend, right? Right. And then she, she ended up booking a coaching experiencing with me afterwards. So that one ripple effect was 20K on the other side. And not because I'm, I care about the finances. We just had that conversation. Right. I care about her eternal salvation. And she was literally saved because I was willing to turn on a microphone. Right. I'll do it all day, every day, if I can. Yeah, exactly. Amen. And I love that you mentioned the the benefit to you. Like often I talk about like, well, the benefits of podcasting because they grow the audience and they reach people like her. And yes, you can make money easily and quick, not easily necessarily, but but um, more meaningfully because you go yeah. deep with people so good. via trust. Like you're sitting with someone for 20 minutes. Like yes. you do become best friends yeah. with these people that listen. But I like that you mentioned all the benefits to you. Like yeah. you are growing in the conversation. You're able to chew on and learn from and spend time. Like that's so amazing. I guess I hadn't really thought of all the incredible benefits we get on our side from being a podcaster. There's okay. days where like we're internal in our business, right? Or, or maybe working on strategy or doing email marketing or, or, or budgeting or whatever it is. We're about to do our projections and stuff coming up here. Um, and that I can tell the difference in my demeanor at the end of the day versus the days that I get to podcast and be with people. And again, whether I am the only person soliloquying the conversation, a monologue, or I'm in an interview, I know that I am leaving this lasting effect and I'm doing what God has specifically called me to do, which is to be a messenger and to go and tell the world about him through marketplace ministry. And my husband can tell a difference and my kids can tell a difference. And so it's not just something that I get fruit from. It's the fruit that I get to pass to the people that I love most um, because I'm standing in alignment with what God has called me to do. So amazing. Thank you so much for just pouring out today. I loved that we covered finances that we covered podcasting some business strategy integrating your faith into your journey it's just been such a blessing i have three pages of notes yeah i'm gonna go chew on my friend so thank you for blessing us where can my listeners come and learn more about you yeah. So I have tamaraandress.com and I'm on Instagram a lot. You can go to my fit and faith podcast or the one that I is new that I'm really loving is girls gone holy, uh, that I think your podcast, your podcast community would absolutely love. And the other is founder collective. So if you are looking for a podcast that is speaking specifically to faith driven entrepreneurs, um, those are the three podcasts that you can tune into. Amazing. All right. Well, you guys go check those out and thanks again. Thanks a lot. Love you guys. Did you have fun? Or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a business breakthrough? I'd also love it if you take 30 seconds for me and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know you're actually liking the show. Plus, it lights me up to hear from you. Lastly, come on over and watch my free workshop. 
where I'll teach you how to grow your online business in less than two hours a week using podcasting. You can watch right now at podcastforgrowth.com. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.